The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 80 podcast i am one of your hosts my name is tack and with me as always is the other host of the show jimmy klein well howdy there partners <laughs> oh jimmy <laughs> on this podcast we celebrate classic iconic tv shows as we break them down one episode at a time what we do here jimmy as you know mm-hmm. we take the episode we take it we break it down hell to the hell we make it feel nice and cozy and safe only to betray it by sneaking in the back door without warning. All for you, the listener. Megan knows what that's like. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh. No, because we 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 have two sliding back doors. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. On today's episode, we look at the Andy Griffith Show, season two, episode seven, entitled "Crime Free Mayberry." If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Andy Griffith Show is available to stream on Paramount Plus. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. What is a Mayberry? Is there an April berry? Um, I don't know. That's a fantastic question. A June berry? That sounds like it's that sounds like a thing. June berry. Oh, <laughs> Is there a Jayberry? Jayberry. Uh-huh. June, yeah. His no. mom's. Oh, well. <laughs> June. And June. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, how was your week? It was uh, okay. Nothing exciting happened. It was kind of quiet and just worked. And that's the way I like it. No, mm. no, no nonsense and no excitement. That's the way I like it. Sorry, I fell asleep halfway through your claim. <laughs> that sounds boring. <laughs> but I like it. So when it's like mundane, that means nothing bad happened. Like nobody had to be rushed to the hospital. Nobody, I didn't get like arrested, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I did, I did get a message from Jim M this week. That was oh, fun. Yeah? Jim M. He messaged me on Instagram to, uh, to send me a cutesy little meme with Johnny Depp telling me that I have a problem buying guitars. I told oh, him, I was like, I don't have a problem. I buy them all the time. I don't have a problem buying them. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to I'm, hit that I'm the one that has button. a problem. I don't, I don't <laughs> make enough money. Hell yeah, I got my information saved in my phone. I don't have a problem with that shit at all. So <laughs> I got money for about. days for guitars. Just to prove I'm wrong, I bought another guitar this week. So Damn. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I'm and no there was problem no problem, right? You know how many problems doing it? Exactly. Damn. I, I'm the one with the problem. I, I want guitars, but I can't buy them. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, I had to sell like, how many did I sell? Seven guitars before I left yeah. Florida. <sighs> yeah. My daughter, um, she's been wanting to put a guitar together. So I bought her a guitar kit. She's going to have yeah. to paint it the whole nine yards. Uh, she told me very specifically, she does not want my help. So she wants me there to like for support and to like research things and tell her when she's making mistakes and stuff, but she wants to do it all herself. Hmm. So support meaning like, like you go girl, like that kind of stuff. Apparently. Yeah. But I had to explain to him like, Caitlin, you're a girl. <laughs> like, come on. 
Don't you and, watch the Brady Bunch? Like, come on. You know you're not supposed to do anything productive. <laughs> you don't know how to handle tools. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. So, I have yeah, to be there funny. to explain to her what all the... This is a paintbrush. See, paint <laughs> is colored stuff that puts on it. So, I got I to gotta mansplain everything to her. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> See, mansplaining is when a man explains things to me. <laughs> no, I was, I was, my daughter's very adamant. She wants to do it herself and she wants to be able to tell people that she did it herself. Mm. So I was like, I'm more power to you. So I told her, I'll do whatever research you need me to do. Uh, I'll do whatever kind of assisting you need me to do. But uh, she's very adamant. She wants to do it herself. So, to be honest, I'm looking sound like shit, but okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm still working on the flying V. I got the neck almost done and I'm getting ready to paint the body. So, yeah. uh, so that's fun. And then I bought myself a uh, Les Paul. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I, I do want to order the uh, single cut from Harley Benton for the little mm-hmm. build kit. Yes. Um, well, that's what yeah. I ordered, the, the Harley Benton Les Paul. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get my like, scratch. So it's going to be like a full kit build. That's what Caitlin does. She's the got the double cut. And, yeah. Caitlin's always wanted it. Not always, but she wants an SG because she loves mine. Um, yeah. She doesn't like playing mine because she doesn't like a glossy neck. She likes the the matte neck. Um, and so she she doesn't play mine very much because she doesn't like the way it feels. Um, it's because it's so an she, Epiphone SG, Jimmy. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. So, so she wanted uh, her own. So that's, that's awesome and great. Hmm. So, <clears throat> so that's yeah. fun. Good, good. But like I've said before, and I tell I told my wife this, I don't think she quite understood. I told her if you gave me if you gave me fifteen hundred dollars and said, you know, you can go buy whatever guitar you want, I would rather buy three five hundred dollar guitars than to buy one fifteen hundred dollar guitar. Yeah. Or better yet, just buy a bunch of two hundred fifty dollar guitars. Like, wouldn't you rather have three decent guitars than one super nice guitar? Uh depends. Depends on the guitar. Hmm. So but I see your point, yeah. It's like with cars. Like if, if we win the lottery, I would rather instead of spending two hundred grand on a car, I'd rather spend, you know, four on four fifty thousand dollar guitars or fifty thousand dollar cars. Hmm. You know what I mean? What are you so, gonna do with four cars? What are you gonna do with one two hundred thousand dollar car? <laughs> I wouldn't buy that. <laughs> I wouldn't No, I would rather have like a truck and an SUV and then like a sports car and a four door car. You could have all yeah. that for the price of one two hundred thousand dollar guitar. Why do I keep saying guitar? Two hundred thousand dollar car. You got guitars on your mind. Everybody. I do for real. So. And I, what would be the point of me buying like, like was it Bugatti or what? What is it called? Mm-hmm. Bugatti. Yeah, it's like twenty nine grand just for the tires or something like that. It's ridiculous. I mean, if I had it, like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Drive to Walmart? I mean, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't like take it out and open it up. Like go like right. two hundred plus miles an hour down the highway. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's pointless. Yeah. Some of those cars, it's like seven grand just for an oil change. <laughs> and there's like and 10 guys in the world that can do it. And don't even think about the, you know, the, the hundred thousand mile, like freaking, freaking 500 point mm. inspections got to get. That's like the, um, McLaren F1. You got to replace the fuel cell every five years. And the fuel cells is a hundred thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's how much it costs to get it replaced. Hmm. I don't know how Jay Leno does it, man. <laughs> so to prove my point, like you could have like a Dodge Hellcat, Ooh, like yeah. a Silverado, um, like a, a new Forerunner. <laughs> Can I get and my DeLorean? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could probably have a, a, a used like a like a restored DeLorean, <clears throat> and then have like some kind of four door sensible car, like a Camry or something, yeah. and probably still not spend two hundred thousand dollars. Those sound great. I'll take. Well, I don't know about the Silverado, but the rest of the three, I'll take those. Those are nice. Why don't you like Silverados? I don't. I don't know anything about Silverados. Okay, F one fifty. Yeah. My sister had an F- has an F-150. What's the difference? It's a nice Chevy truck. Ford. It doesn't matter. They're both the same. I don't, that just I don't know, even know what a Silverado is. I, know <laughs> no, I, only, I only said that because that, that just pissed off a lot of people for me to say oh. that Chevy trucks and Ford trucks are exactly the same. They are. They're both American. What does it matter? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Toyota's considered American now, too, so you could have a Tundra. Hmm. I do like Toyotas. Well, we just talked about the Forerunner, so. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how we so, got off on this tangent from Andy Griffith. <laughs> I don't know, but we're gonna be back on. We're gonna get back on top of Andy Griffith here. Hell so. yeah! I mean, what? <laughs> so, what did you think of this episode? Now, what's your history with Andy Griffith? What is your history? Well, and I know I've seen it because, like I've said many times, I have older brothers that used to watch old TV shows and stuff all the time, and I know I've seen this. I know I have. Yeah. And I could have sworn it was in color. Well, it is after season five. Okay. It goes to so color. So it's like Gilligan's Island in that sense, where all of a sudden it's like yeah. they invent color. But it, it's, um, don't don't watch the color episodes because they're stupid. They're really bad because uh, Don Knotts leaves just as it goes to color because they didn't want Don Knotts in color. They were like, mm-hmm. no, Don Knotts in color? No, I don't think so. And they're like, well, he left now. Like, okay, cool. We can switch to color now. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it gets really bad. Like, even like if you watch like the – all the seasons, every episode up to that point. And then you watch the first color episode. I tell you, I'm telling you the first 10 minutes in, you're like, this show is different. Like mm. this is, and Andy Griffith seems cranky. He, sorry. He seems ornery. <laughs> like for some reason. And ornery? Like, <laughs> like in the first episode of this color and Don Knotts is gone. Like Opie does something and, and Andy fucking gets pissed. He's like, come here, you little fucking shit. And he likes beats him and shit. And you're like, my God, what happened to the show? <laughs> Poor little Opie Cunningham. It'd <laughs> uh, <laughs> be funny, like if if I watch the color episodes and I really like them. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. Like, this is totally like a good show now. And have you seen Mayberry PD? Like, oh my God, amazing! <laughs> it's kind of like that Andy Griffith show, but it's not boring. <laughs> um, but no, back to back to your question. Um, yeah, I know I've seen it before, but I don't remember watching it. But I know I have. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't really have a history. At least not that I can remember. So what did you think um of this episode? Well, I mean, I think it was a bad place to start. Hmm. Um cuz I so. just I I just didn't care about anybody in the town or the town itself. Like I <laughs> Well, it would be you don't like know the characters. That's why. Yeah, but it would be like me and you going on a road trip, and me going, "Dude, you got to stop by this town. It's a small little town <laughs> called Booty, <laughs> Illinois, which is a real town." And me showing you, look, this is their old post office. And can you believe this tax? If they don't pay taxes on this, they're going to lose this. You're going to be like, <laughs> so. But tax Mabel won't have a job. Like if they if they repossess the the post office, and you're like, I don't really care. Like I don't know any of these people. That's how I felt about this episode. <laughs> So we had like two criminals coming in to rob their bank and mm-hmm. your thoughts it sucks to be them. Like it's <laughs> they got two cops in a town with like 5,000 people. Like they should be able to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't, they don't never question the fact that like the FBI is all about calling people. Like, you know what I mean? They, they don't question the fact that the FBI didn't, FBI didn't call or send a letter before they 
showed up in the town? Like, they don't question it? <laughs> I don't know. He just showed hmm. up and they're like, hey, congratulations. You don't need to right. see my identification. You don't need to see my identification. <laughs> Pulled the old, like, Jedi mind trick on him. Hmm. These aren't the droids you're looking for. That's what he said. <laughs> hmm, <okay. laughs> but um, Don Knotts is fantastic on the show, and he actually won, like, five Emmys for hmm. the show, and Andy Griffith didn't win any, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's just and little backstory here. So Andy Griffith and Don Knotts like go way back, and um, they uh, known each other for doing other projects, I think plays and stuff like that. And then Andy Griffith got the show, and he told the producers like, "Hey, is there? I think that I ought to have like a deputy." And they're like, "Okay," and like, and I got this <laughs> perfect guy for it. His name was Don Knotts. Um, little up and comer, nobody, but I think he's fantastic, and I think we should put him on the show. Yeah. And they said, "Whatever you say, sir." And they that way, the police on. force is like a third of the size of the town. That's cool. <laughs> and uh, Don Knotts, freaking, I don't know why he like he should wear a back brace because he carried that show for five yeah. years. So that's cool. But yeah, one thing I remember watching, I watch um, this guy on YouTube, which I know you know who it is. It's it's a guy named Adam the Woo. Yeah. And um, Adam Lewis was really big on doing uh, filming locations, which he actually did. I believe the filming location of Andy Griffith, which mm. fun enough, like it's, it's all dry. There's not really a lake there. Um, I guess they flooded it whenever they needed it. Oh to be yeah, like, that's right. I did yeah. see something about that. Yeah. Um, but he did a tour of the town that Mayberry is based off of. I guess it's the town that um, Andy Griffith is from. Oh yeah, it's like in North Carolina or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was kind of interesting. That was kind of neat. Yeah, they I've had seen... the police car there. Why is my light flickering? Um, they had the police car there that was in the town that was in the the TV show. So, oh yeah, I've seen video. I don't know if it was Adam the Woo video, but I did see a video of people going through, and there's a lot of like memorabilia and stuff yeah. there. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. Hell to the end. So that's kind of neat. Neato. 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 Mm-hmm. Chicken burrito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. All right. Well, so you didn't enjoy this episode too much, but I think you just need to see a few more well, I mean, episodes to kind of understand the characters a little bit more. I, I didn't not enjoy it. Like there's some TV shows where if we watched it, I I probably would not like it. I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't like it. This yeah. one, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't get it. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the, the band train. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on train. If you ever listen to their albums, like it's good background music. Like it's good music to have in the background when you're hanging out with somebody. But when you're at work, you're not going to be sitting there vibing to train. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of like this show is like that. I have some anger issues with train. Why is that? Because <laughs> back in, I want to say... I don't know, early 2000s or something like that. So, first of all, the Grammys itself is just a shit show. Um, cause it's well, some not Grammys, Grammys are really nice, Tiger. Because <laughs> the Grammy Awards show is really just the rap and R&B shit awards. That's all it is. But they, they mm. like to throw in other categories to make you feel better. Yeah. So, <clears throat> they'll have like a little side note like, okay, so best rock and metal album. I'm like, yes, this is my category. <laughs> so, one year it was like, the best rock and metal album of the year. And the, <clears throat> this is like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so the nominees were Metallica, um, Linkin Park, Ugh. 
somebody else really good and then train, right? Well, Linkin Park's not really good, but okay. <laughs> but, uh, and I was like, I like those other three bands. I was like, who the fuck is Train? Like back then, I had no idea who the hell Train was. Never heard of the band, never heard a song. And I was like, well, <laughs> they're not going to fucking win. So it's either going to be Metallica or Linkin Park or might have been Godsmack, might have been the other nominee. And um, so I was like, hell yeah. All right, let's do this. And they're like, and the winner is Train. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, I've never even heard of this band. And then I look him up and I'm like, this is not. It's barely rock. Like <laughs> you're putting him in a category with metal. Like what? I was well, so it's rock and metal. Uh, but it, but it was. It's like freaking <laughs> train is like music you listen to. Like compared to like a cover band at like a little bar. Like you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's music you would have exactly like you said. Music you have on in the background. Exactly. Yeah. It's not music you rock out to. I agree. I'm right there with you. Like, I feel like if I went to a train concert, it would, there would be tables and service for food. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like you like, go to a Metallica show. Yeah. <laughs> you get a Metallica show where you're there for it and you're excited. And by the way, there's a Metallica tour coming up this year, this summer, and I'm super jazzed, but I can't afford tickets. Anyway. I heard that when you go to a train concert, like they play while you're waiting for the concert to start. <laughs> <laughs> they play outside when you're waiting to go inside. When the concert's done, everybody gets excited because they think the main act's going to come out. And they're like, no, that's it. Like, oh, we thought this was like mingling music. We thought this was like waiting music. I <laughs> like how they play lounge music at like cocktail hours and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So who yeah. opened for train? Train opened for train. They, yeah. <laughs> they did the cocktail hour first. <laughs> and then they did for the five course meal. And then I wonder they if they're performed. like Richard Cheese, where when you hire them, they just, you're supppose to mingle and just like serve hors d'oeuvres and stuff. <laughs> but anyways, that's how I felt like the Andy Griffith show. The This episode of Andy Griffith show to me was equivalent to Drain. Like it, it wasn't oh interesting enough to hold my interest. And if it happened to be on TV, I'd probably be playing on my phone while I was half listening. That's, that's blasphemy, sir. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just have a personal vendetta against Drain. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel about Nirvana. I really can't stand Nirvana. I don't understand don't like why everybody him likes everybody him. likes them, and everybody's like, "Oh, they were you know progressive for music." Okay, and where's grunge now? Like, who plays grunge? Like, what the nineties wouldn't have invented, wouldn't have discovered flannel shirts if it hadn't been for that band. Like, I just I don't understand why everybody likes them. <laughs> You're just talking about clothing style now, <laughs> not music. I mean, it's horrible what happened to them, but had it not. That band would be lost to, to, to time. Like they would just be a. Oh yeah, I remember that band. It'd be like Buddy Holly or Richie Valens. Well, the rest of them the same way. But yeah, because David Grohl is just sitting around doing nothing. Well, yeah, that's because he has talent. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw something about recently where David Grohl just like set up a freaking like thirteen hour barbecue for some victims <laughs> of something recently. Yeah, it's not shocking. It's <laughs> not shocking at all. He just like showed up and bought all the food and like started serving like victims of something recently, some tragic something happened. But he, I heard him in an interview talk about the story. He said after, um, and I'm not trying to be funny. The guy from from uh, um, um, the guy from who's the lead singer Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that's his name. Um, <laughs> after he passed away, uh, David Grohl said he put all his musical shit in the closet, put it away. He was done. He was done with music. Hmm. He didn't want to hear music because it just reminded him of, of him dying and stuff. 
So he was on vacation somewhere. I can't remember where he said he was on vacation. And um, uh, he's sitting there driving along and he sees this hitchhiker. So he decides, you know what? It's raining. It's cold. He decided he's going to hit pick up this hitchhiker. So he pulls over. And when the guy gets in the car, he's got a Nirvana shirt on. <laughs> and that's kind of what made him decide, okay, maybe maybe this is a sign. Maybe I really shouldn't be quitting music. So, What's the bass player for Nirvana? He stopped playing music. He Isn't he like an attorney now or something? Yeah, he's an attorney yeah. now. Anyway, we've got on big tangents. Yes. Um, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to break this episode down. Okay. And uh, eventually we're going to do some more Andy Griffith episodes. So we're gonna, I'm going to get you to enjoy these characters eventually. Okay. It may take you a couple years, but we'll get there. Okay. All right. We'll be back. Hey, Gen Xers. Get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looked interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Risky Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then, listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. Oh, <laughs> a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. are a back yes <laughs> usually you say how great of a break it was and you didn't say it plus because you never agree because hmm. <laughs> i'm no nonsense jimmy <laughs> i'm all about business you don't listen to our show do you <laughs> it's nothing but nonsense <laughs> anyway back to business i don't remember <laughs> asking you a goddamn thing <laughs> <laughs> we have the Andy Griffith Show, season two, episode seven, entitled Crime Free Mayberry. Episode what? Crime Free Mayberry. No. Season two, episode what? Oh, sorry. Seven. I was going to say, there's no nonsense <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> All right. Facts about the episode are first aired on November 20th, 1961. Damn. <laughs> Written by Paul Henning. Sheldon Leonard, <laughs> Sheldon Leonard, <laughs> Penny Raj, no, <laughs> uh, Aaron Rubin, and Danny Thomas. Da, 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 da. Sorry, what was that? Thomas Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
<sighs> Weirdest reference ever. Yes. <laughs> All right. According to IMDb, the pictures of Andy that Aunt B shows at the meeting in the mayor's office are actual photos of Andy Griffith as a child. Wow. Including the baby one. This <laughs> <laughs> shows butt. So you can say that and that Andy Gr- Andy Griffith was naked once on the show. That's right. He was fully naked on an episode of Andy Griffith. And they showed it. They didn't blur anything out. Mm-hmm. This is the one Andy Griffith episode written by Paul Henning. Henning went on to create the Beverly Hillbillies. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this episode, after the phony photographer cracks the combination, enters the bank vault. You know what? This thing goes on and basically... basically says the whole scene just to get to a point of like, do you remember the scene where the bank vault and the guy comes in? I do. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) they're saying that. And then, you know, Andy was like, Hey, it's good thing broke in because we had to put a back door in. Right. So, um, they basically go over that whole scene. Um, however, in the next season, the episode entitled the bank job, Barney accidentally gets locked in the same bank vault. Mr. Meldrum, the manager, says it won't open until 8 a.m. Andy, Gomer, and the others struggle to get him out, even trying to cut through the door with an acid, what is it? Acid, acid. Acetylene? Acetylene torch. Barney eventually breaks through the wall and exits through the adjacent beauty salon. Hmm. Guess he forgot about that back door thing. Well, that's because, um, um... Opie, what the fuck is his name? Why do I forget the guy's name so much? Don Knotts? Yeah, it's because he's not into that backdoor stuff. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Andy is. He's not. <laughs> Barney mentions his birthstone is a ruby, which means his birthday is in July. That's my cat's name. Hmm. Hmm. July? That's weird. No, Barney. Your mom's name is no, June. <laughs> so I found out some interesting information. What that is. Earlier, you had said that uh, it was written by Paul Henning, Sheldon Leonard, Aaron Rubin, and Danny Thomas. I, I do remember saying something about you that. Did. It was you know, well, it was just a few minutes ago. Oh. Um, <laughs> there was a show called The Danny Thomas Show. Now, Danny Thomas is a pretty famous actor. Um, yeah, I think uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, the Danny Thomas Show actually played a role in the creation of The Andy Griffith Show. In the seventh season of the Danny Thomas show, Danny Mm -hmm. Thomas is arrested by Sheriff Andy Taylor, Uh obviously played by Andy Griffith, and detained in the small town of Mayberry in an episode entitled Danny Meets Andy Griffith. Hmm. Was this like before Andy Griffith show or is this like in season one? I'm assuming it's before since the point Mm -hmm. of of it was to say that it helped in the creation of the show. Hmm. But also I got to, I got to hand it to Danny Thomas for having such clever names for his episodes. That's, I don't know how he thought of that. (laughs) What was it? Danny meets Andy Griffith. (laughs) (laughs) Danny meets Andy Griffith. Yeah. That's crazy. You can't ask like, well, what happens in that episode? Yeah. He just opened his mouth and out it came. (laughs) All right. So are you ready to fade in? I am ready to fade in. Okay. Jimmy. Tacky. <laughs> that's, that's, don't, you made this weird. Don't call me that. That's weird. <laughs> I don't think you've ever called me that before. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. I used to call you that all the time in high school. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it's like, stop. They already thought we were gay. You're just encouraging it. 
Anyway, we fade in. Scene. That's interesting, is it? One, yeah. One. Our story opens up in the Mayberry Sheriff's Office. Ooh. Otis sits in his usual cell as Andy has his acoustic guitar out and is playing and singing a country ballad for him. When John Henry was a little baby... I don't know how the song goes, but you get the idea. Once he completes the song, Andy says, Now that ought to make you feel better, Otis. Otis says, Oh, that was just fine, Andy. Thanks. Just then, Deputy Barney Fife enters the office. Andy greets him and says, Morning, Barn. Barney doesn't seem too thrilled and just gives a look of annoyance. Otis says, Andy, singing, Barney. Play on your harmonica. Andy gets a smile on his face and says, yeah, come on. Barney, having a no-nonsense look on his face, says, what is this, a jail or a nightclub? Oh, Andy. Barney turns to Andy and asks, is he sober enough to leave? Andy says, well, I don't know. He turns to Otis and asks, Otis, you feel up to facing the world? Otis says, yeah, but I don't know if the world's up for facing me. You get it? (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to use the crickets there. (laughs) Otis and Andy just giggle at his joke. Barney, tired of these shenanigans, says, All right, all right. How about clearing out, huh? Otis says, Oh, sure, Barney, sure. Otis then reaches from inside the cell to the keys hanging on the wall and unlocks his own cell and gathers his things to leave. Andy says, Don't go away mad, Otis. Want another cup of coffee? Otis says, no, I better not, Andy. Thanks for letting me sleep it off, though. As Otis heads out the door, Andy says, that's okay. Behave yourself now. Otis says, I will, I will. (laughs) Bye-bye. And then Otis leaves the office. It's weird how they say that on this, just like the Brady Bunch. It's strange. (laughs) Um, It's not even the same writers or anything. It's weird. So that's, that's, that's tax money well spent. (laughs) <laughs> paying the sheriff to play guitar for somebody in jail. That's well, know. I mean, what else is he going to do? He's sitting in there anyway. <laughs> so why not entertain him? <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you want to do? Would you feel better if he was like going through paperwork or something? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why, why would a, a sheriff like play guitar and sing to an inmate? Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, like, okay. This isn't your usual inmate. Is he behind jail? Is he behind bars? <laughs> yes, but and he's a regular inmate. Well, let me just quickly go over the whole Otis situation here. Okay. So Otis is basically the town drunk. Okay. And every Saturday night he comes into the jail, locks himself up to sleep it off, and then every Sunday morning he gets up, unlocks himself and leaves. Um he just comes and goes because <laughs> Is he homeless? Just, no, no, oh, okay. no. It's just that like I think it's a dry county, and so he's drunk, and so he comes in, he rests himself, sleeps it off, and then leaves mm. the next morning. And he just comes and goes because he just gets the key. It's almost in every episode it happens. So he's kind of like the uh, norm of cheers, if you will. 
So, so with this kind of police work being done, like this is the kind of town like it gain likes. Like this is this is a breeding ground for like serial killers and shit. Like the police <laughs> like this. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um but there ain't much but just like moonshiners really. That's like the biggest problem in the town. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Hmm. Scene two. As Barney just stands to look out the window, Andy turns to him and says, Barney, you was a bit sharp at old Otis. Something ailing you this morning? <laughs> so weird talking like that. <laughs> Barney, a little cranky, says, Nah, nothing ailing me this morning. Andy calls him out and says, Oh, you, you as, <laughs> you as touchy as an, as old, you, oh my God. Ooh, you as touchy as an old satin hen. I almost said Satan, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you just as touchy as an old satin hen? The fuck? Okay. <laughs> Barney says, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> and he goes on, I know what'll perk you up. Get a cup of coffee and I'll sing The Wreck of the Old 97 for you. Like the fella says, music hath charms. Mm-hmm. Used to say that shit all the time in high school. It's like, enough, Tack. God, we know. Music hath charms. Jesus. After pacing about the office, Barney turns to Andy and says, you call them dippy songs music? Andy says, well, they're folk music. Kind of like true stories set to to tunes is what they are. He almost talks like Yoda. It's so weird. (laughs) You you speak more with a True stories set to tunes they are. Like, that's how he's talking. (laughs) Speak more with a twang and it rolls out a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if somebody does something brave why not sing about it so you're used to this kind of talking because you've watched the show a lot besides <laughs> you always liked them before barney continuing to pace about barks back well i don't like them now they're hick songs and this is a hick town and i'm a hick deputy in a hick job in a hick jail damn they said that shit was some stank mm-hmm, put some stank on it Andy, not about to deal with this charade, (laughs) says, Barney, sit right down there. Barney takes a seat next to Andy and and goes on. Now, suppose you tell me what brought this on. Barney gives in and says, have you seen the new state police building over in Mount Pilot? Andy says, no, not yet. Barney says, Andy, we are so far behind times, it is pitiful. Barney gets up and continues on. Why, <laughs> why we don't even have a radio dispatcher, nor a crime lab, nor a fingerprint file, or a teletype machine, or a radar. We don't even have a heliocopter. <laughs> we sing and play guitar for the fucking criminals. <laughs> <laughs> then he stands there staring at Andy. Oh, uh, like a motherfucking bouse? Hell yeah. <laughs> Andy sarcastically says, well, we ain't got guided missiles neither, but I doubt if we need them. Barney just rolls his eyes. Andy goes on. Now, Barney, you get this way every now and then, and it's just, but is interrupted as the mayor walks in. Ooh. In <laughs> with a man in a black suit. Ooh. Oh, shit. Don Knotts is just so good in the show. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that's it. It's fine does he that. does he ever stand up and be like, "I love you, you love me"? 
No. no, okay. But he does say, like, he'll be like, now, Annie, we got to do this because it'll be legend. Wait for it. <laughs> Dairy. Let's <laughs> yeah. get it, Barney, the dinosaur. Yeah, my um, joke was Barney, too, from How I Met Your Mother. Did um, I get that from the context? I don't. I never watched How I Met Your Mother. You never watched that show? I've never seen oh it. Oh, my anymore. God. That show is so funny. Um, yeah, but you say this one is, too, so I don't know. Um, (laughs) all the stuff that Barney's talking about would come from city tax, wouldn't it? Like that's, they're not a state agency. They're a city. So wouldn't that come Uh, out of the city's budget? County really? I mean, he's a sheriff. So I guess that would be county level, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that that doesn't sound like a very populated county. So where would, where do they, where does Barney think this money's going to come from? Um, I assume from the state, I guess. But that's not how it works. I think the counties fund themselves, don't they? With tax money? I don't I don't know. I, oh, I, I have know. no idea to be they honest. They might come from state. I have no idea. Scene three. The mayor says, well, hello, Andy. Andy greets him. The mayor goes on, talking to the man in the black suit. Meet our sheriff, Andy Taylor. Andy, this is Mr. Fred Jenkins of the FBI. Andy shakes his hand and says, nice to meet you, sir. The FBI agent says, my pleasure, Sheriff Taylor. Andy says, uh, this is my deputy, Barney Fife. As the FBI agent shakes Barney's hand, Barney is completely starstruck, and all he can muster out is, oh, FBI. They <laughs> 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 like, picks up a pillow and puts it in front of his crotch. <laughs> Mary claps his hands together and says, yes, sir, these are the two men responsible. Barney asks, what did we do? Andy follows it up with, yeah, responsible for what? The FBI agent says, the rate of crime here in Mayberry. Barney says, Andy, I told you we needed new equipment. Barney turns to the FBI agent and says, Sir, we are working here under very primitive conditions. We ain't even got to. But is quickly interrupted as Andy says, Barney, Barney, just a second. Andy turns back to the FBI agent and asks, What about our rate of crime? The mayor says, It's the lowest in the whole dad blame country. The FBI agent adds, That's right. The FBI's latest survey shows Mayberry to be the most crime-free community in the United States. And on behalf of Mr. Hoover and the entire Bureau, congratulations. Andy smiles and says, well, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) And for Mr. Hoover, Barney now showing some wood, smiles and says, from old Jagger himself. (laughs) Andy now sets his guitar down and brings the FBI agent over to his desk and says, Well, we better come over here and talk about this. That's quite an honor, you know that, Barney. As the FBI agent takes a seat, he says, A chief sent me down here to observe firsthand just how you achieved this wonderful record. And he says, Well, first off, I think the credit ought to go where it rightfully belongs. Barney says, Oh, now, Andy, you had just as much to do with this as I did. (laughs) And he chuckles and says, Well, I appreciate that, Barney. (laughs) But what I had in mind was the folks that live here. I think Barney and me is just lucky to be peace officers in a community of law-abiding, God-fearing citizens. Why, about the most we have to do. But Barney now cuts him off and says, Hey, Andy, you're going to be late for your barbershop appointment. Andy looks at Barney and says, I ain't got no barbershop appointment. The mayor now cuts in and says, Yeah, that's a good idea, Andy. You want to look good for your press and photographers. As the mayor is shooing Andy out the door, Andy stops and asks, for what? (laughs) 
The FBI agent says, I'm afraid a certain amount of publicity is inevitable, Sheriff Taylor. And he says, well, Mr. Jenkins, I wouldn't make too much out of this. The mayor says, oh, our sheriff is a very modest man. That's one of your troubles, Andy. You've always been too modest. As the mayor shoes Andy out the door to get a haircut, Barney says to the FBI agent, yeah, I guess that's the word that describes his best. Modest. <laughs> As you can see, we don't go for fancy technical equipment here. We're just plain, simple men fighting organized crime with raw courage. Strong, determined, rugged, fearless. The FBI agent adds, and modest. <laughs> Barney <laughs> says, yeah, I think it's the word that describes us best. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I counted six rifles. Well, a mixture of rifles and shotguns. Yep. Why do they need so many if there's only two officers and it's in a town that supposedly has such low crime. Well, you'll see if you watch enough episodes, you'll see every once in a while Andy will grab a couple of rifles when he has to go out and do stuff, hmm. like catch criminals and stuff. True, like that, but I mean, but why do they need six of them? <laughs> That's only two people. No. <laughs> why oh, do you one need for each hand? How many guns do you have? And you're just you. That's me though. Like this isn't a police. <laughs> I'm not a police department. Right. Like, I'm not saying Andy's not allowed to have guns. I'm not saying that Barney's not allowed to have guns. I'm saying, why does the police department need six rifles when they only have two officers? I don't know. In case you want to shoot more than once. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You just have, like, your arsenal. I don't know. Hmm. It um, just seems weird to me. And if you notice, like, um, Andy doesn't wear a gun. If you notice that. Oh, yeah. I did notice that. yeah. yeah. You know, there's like a whole thing about that, and there's a whole episode dedicated to that because like another episode, somebody wants to come out and do a story on Sheriff Andy Taylor, the sheriff that doesn't wear a gun, and uh, it's just like, well, you don't need to, not around here. But every once in a while, when he has to do business, then he will put the gun on and all that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I had at first I had question. I'm like, why would the FBI get involved in a local police's police like their crime record? So I did a very short deep dive, and it turns out that the FBI is tasked with controlling domestic threats and supporting the local hmm. agencies however they need to. So this, yeah. I think this would be in, the, in their jurisdiction, so to speak. If they notice anything bad in a certain jurisdiction, the FBI could get involved. But I guess it's not ridiculous to think that they would get involved in the other way, too, to praise them for or to even find out why their crime is so low. So, hmm. so at first I was questioning, like, like Andy doesn't question why the FBI is even there, but I guess this is, this would be, this wouldn't be ridiculous. So, hmm. that's cool. Um, so notice how Andy says peace officer. Right. Um, I looked at, do you know anything about peace officers? No. I had never heard that before. Um, and when I first heard it, I was like, do you say peace or police or is it just as twang? It makes it sound like he said peace, but then of course the, uh, Close captioning says peace, and I was like, mm-hmm. "I was like, is that a thing?" So I looked it up. Uh, so a peace officer is basically the same as a police officer. It varies okay. from state to state. Um, they have all the same rights as police officers, such as arrest, carry weapons, etc., all that kind of stuff. It's basically a sector encompassed under law enforcement officer, kind of like SWAT or customs officer, state troopers, special investigators, things like that. It's okay. all encompassed in the same thing as well. Peace officer and so, I mean, 
It's just a different title. It's weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard them saying that, but I didn't. I guess I didn't think because down here we have citizen patrols, so I thought it was something along those <laughs> lines. But either that, or yeah, I thought maybe at the time maybe they couldn't say police on TV or something. I don't know, like because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they censored a lot of weird shit back then. So, <laughs> All right. scene four. Over at Floyd's barber shop, Andy sits to get a haircut. Andy says to Floyd, "Well, sir, just about." Well, sir, just about then we come up a jerk. What? <laughs> well, sir, just about Put then. Put twang in your voice and you'll get it. I'm, I'm not good at twangs. <laughs> well, sir, just about then there come a jerk on my line. And, <laughs> and it likely snatched me right over the side of that boat. I said, hold on, Barney. We have done. <laughs> we have done hooked us a whale. <laughs> Floyd says, I bet it was a catfish. And he says, no, sir. It was a carp. Biggest, biggest done I ever did lay eyes on. <laughs> biggest done I ever did lay eyes on. <laughs> and don't you think I didn't have a fight on my hands? Floyd says, a carp? Oh, they are fighters, those carps. Andy smiles and says, yes, sir. Then some bitches are fighting fish. <laughs> you don't have any problem with that. Yeah, exactly. It's because I wrote it. Floyd answers, Word. Word. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside the barbershop, the mayor points out Andy to a reporter and says, yeah, he's still there and you'll be the first to interview him. The woman reporter says, oh, I'm so thrilled. I'm getting a scoop. The mayor adds, <laughs> and meeting a real hero, the lowest crime rate in the whole United States, and he's responsible. <laughs> yeah, his hair looks exactly the same. Like, I think he got ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Well, he even said he didn't need a haircut. But, right. Yeah. Um, and why is he putting his eyes on a fish? Didn't that hurt? <laughs> putting his eye? Yeah. Oh, lay eyes on yeah. gotcha. That's weird. This town's yeah, weird. That's weird. <laughs> I think the listeners are really going to get a kick out of you just reading all the Andy's dialogue. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so funny it's like hearing like your parents try to do like slang dude <laughs> like, modern slang <laughs> it's hilarious it's like dad what are you doing sitting here vibing <laughs> no don't say that don't do that <laughs> All right. scene five back inside the shop Andy goes on about his fishtail I tell you the truth Floyd that there was the fattenest critter I ever did tangle with. It wasn't about to be caught. Just then the mayor comes in along with the reporter. Floyd says to Andy, Oh, they're strong, those carps, and mean. As the reporter listens in, Andy goes on, Yes, sir. Well, I says there, Mr. Carp, you have met your match. Once Floyd turns the barber chair around, Andy and Floyd notice the reporter with the mayor. Andy says, Oh, how do you do? The mayor says, this is our sheriff, Andy Taylor, and our barber, Floyd Lawson. Both men greet the reporter. The mayor goes on, Miss Williamson writes for the newspaper over at the state capitol. Miss Williamson says, perhaps you read my column, Meandering with Margaret? Andy and Floyd <laughs> just look at each other, and Andy shakes his head. Just then, the mayor says, if you'll excuse me a second, Miss Williamson, I have something to check up on. The mayor then exits the barbershop. Miss mm. Williamson gets out her notepad and pen and says, well, please do go on with that thrilling exploit you were telling Mr. Lawson. 
And he says, oh, well, uh, where was I? Miss Williamson says, well, you were just saying, Mr. Carp, you have met your match. Andy smiles and says, oh, yes. Well, old Carp, he didn't think so. Miss Williamson, beaming about the scoop, asks, no? Andy laughs and says, no, no. The closer I came to pulling him in, why, the scrappier he got. Well, finally, I just reached down and picked up an axe and wham, right between the eyes. As Miss Williamson writes, she looks up at Andy with shock in her face. She asks, you struck him with an axe? <laughs> Andy confirms, yes, ma'am. The blunt side to stun him. <laughs> and I did it like one of them. <laughs> I did it like one of them bar mother loving bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Floyd heads. Oh, they're tough, those carps. Ooh, I tell you. Miss Williamson asks, well, what did you do then? Andy simply says, I strung him up and had my picture took with him. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Williamson completely in shock asks, you strung him up right then and there? Andy says, well, yes, ma'am. There was a big oak tree and a good stout limb. Well, I reckon seven, eight feet tall off the ground and I throw a rope across it and pulled him up. And Barney, that's my deputy, he took my picture standing there beside him, grinning from ear to ear. He looks over at Floyd, and the two men giggle at his story. Miss Williamson just looks at Andy with her jaw on the floor. Andy continues, It took all the strength I had to pull that carp up where he cleared the ground. Floyd says, Ooh, they're big, those carps. Miss Williamson picks her job off the ground and says, I can't believe it. And he says, well, I got a picture here. <laughs> and then he reaches for his wallet to pull out the picture. Miss Williamson is like, oh, my God, no, no, please. She then leans into Andy and quietly asks, you killed him? And he says, well, yes, ma'am. Around these parts, we figure we're doing folks a favor when we kill a carp. They an awful nuisance. Floyd heads in, pushy. <laughs> They're awfully pushy. Nobody likes a carp. Mrs. Williamson says, all right, then. They may be an undesirable element, but good heavens, you can't just go around killing them. And Ian Floyd seemed a little confused as her stance on fishing. So she carries a briefcase for a little tiny ass little notebook. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even notice that she had a briefcase. It's like a little spiral notebook, like really, like Blue's Clues style, like the really yeah. tiny one. Like, why does she need that big handy dandy notebook? Yeah. Um. So at first, I assumed, yeah, that she thought he was talking about a person. Yeah. But then I st after as it goes on, I start doubting. Like I think she knows it's a fish, and she just I guess doesn't like killing fish. No, she thinks it's a person. But I mean, spoiler alert! In the next scene. She even says, even if it's a pike. Right. She's referring to the mayor. His last name is Pike. But it's also a fish. Right. That's the joke. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, scene six. Just then the mayor returns to the shop and says, how are you getting along, Mrs. Williamson? Mrs. Williamson says, Mayor Pike, do you know that man killed a carp in cold blood? The mayor says, hmm. oh, I bet Andy killed many, many a carp. <laughs> I hope he gets rid of a lot more of them. Oh my we just don't like them around here. 
Miss Miss Williamson, not standing for this baloney, (laughs) says, well, I'm going home where this sort of thing could never happen. The mayor asks, you mean you wouldn't kill a carp where you come from? Miss Williamson, in shock at that question, says, of course not. Any more than we'd kill a pike. Miss Williamson then turns and walks out of the shop. Oh, uh, in a huff. Oh. After she leaves, the mayor turns back to Andy and Floyd and asks, what's wrong with her? Andy says, huh? Well, that's city folk for you. If they was to study, what? If they was to study, they couldn't pick two ornier fish to protect. (laughs) And just laughs. The mayor says, I wish we did this show full time. (laughs) Just listening to you do Annie's lines is hilarious. Uh, The mayor says, Well, we got one. (laughs) Well, we got more important things to talk about, Andy. Now, Mr. Jenkins thought we ought to hold that celebration tomorrow night. Andy asks, What celebration? The mayor says, where we give you and Barney a medal. Andy asks, medals? Now, wait a minute, Mayor. You're blowing this thing way out of proportion. You're getting folks all stirred up over something that ain't that important. The mayor argues, well, I'd call it important. Wouldn't you, Floyd? Mm-hmm. Floyd says, oh, I sure would. I'm stirred up, and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> just then, Opie Cunningham runs into the shop and says, <laughs> Pa, I just heard. Andy asks, heard what? Opie says, gee, Pa, you're a real hero. Every kid in school says to thank you. Andy asks, thank me for what? Opie goes on. The principal declared a holiday because you and Barney are being honored. You're getting a medal, Pa? (laughs) Andy takes a serious tone and says, no, son, I'm not. The mayor corrects him and says, yes, you are, Andy. I've already told Ray Watson to get started with him. Andy says, well, you just tell him to get unstarted. Oh, shit. There ain't, <laughs> there ain't nobody going to get, nope. There ain't <laughs> nobody going to pin a medal on me for something I didn't do. The mayor says, but you did do it. Mm. <laughs> In hindsight, you should have wrote this like, so Floyd's all like, <laughs> and Andy's all like, <laughs> Floyd, <laughs> Floyd now feeling a little like Alice. Gets all flustered and asks, did what? What did he do? (laughs) What did he do? (laughs) Andy now feeling, Andy now feeling fed up with all this hoopla says, now mayor, I'm going to tell you one more time. Barney and me is just lucky and we don't want any fussing. (laughs) Now I know when I speak for Barney, when I say we don't want any medals. Opie then speaks up and says, well, Pa, you can just take that there hose right up in that there nose on your face. What? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> what is that? Because that's the line he says in Happy Days. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Oh. <laughs> well, he doesn't say it. Somebody else says it. But still, it's a line from Happy Days. <laughs> okay. Well, pa, sit on it. You know, like, I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> Opie Cunningham. That's just cool. Um, <laughs> I kind of see what he's saying, though. Um, I think he's an effective sheriff because he has that kind of relationship with the town. Like you were saying, he doesn't carry a gun because he feels like he doesn't need to. So yeah. I kind of feel like I see what he's saying. Like, it's his relationship with the town that makes 
the crime rate low, not necessarily anything he's doing as a sheriff. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So I kind of see what he's saying. I kind of agree with him. Like, you can't really praise yeah. him for that. Mm-hmm. Scene. I said, all. Meanwhile, back at the sheriff's station, Ray Watson is sitting with Barney, showing him the selection of medals he has. Mr. Jenkins, the FBI agent, sits next to his desk. Mm. Barney looks at the samples and asks, ain't you got anything bigger than these? <laughs> Ray says, well, I can make up anything you want, Barney. These are just samples of other metals. Ray thinks for a second and then asks, say, why don't I sketch out an idea and see how you and Andy like it? Barney lights up and says, that's a good idea, Ray. Remember now, nothing gaudy. Just plain, simple, solid gold. <laughs> Ray confirms, no diamonds? <laughs> Barney says, no, no, not for me. Ray packs up his samples as Barney says, of course, if you like to work something out in rubies, that's my birthstone. Ray grabs his hat, smiles and says, okay, Barney. Ray heads to the door as Barney says, I'll see you, Ray. Say hello to your mother. Ray says, thank you, I will and then exits the station. Barney now looks at Mr. Jenkins and says, where was I? Mr. Jenkins says, you were just about to sum up. Barney takes a seat on his desk closer to Mr. Jenkins and says, oh yeah, uh-huh. Well, I guess to sum it up, you could say there's three reasons why there's no crime in Mayberry. There's Andy, there's me, and then he slaps his pistol on his hip and says, and baby, that makes three. <laughs> Mr. Jenkins smiles. Barney says, say, that's kind of a good phrase. If you like to write that down. Mr. Jenkins says, I'll remember it. <laughs> so he can make any metal he wants by tomorrow? <laughs> I guess. Damn. That's impressive. <laughs> but also, it's weird seeing somebody smoke on television. Yeah, it is. That's kind of weird, isn't it? And um, nowadays you have to have warnings and shit. Watch yeah. out. There's smoking in this episode. <laughs> just so you TV know. TV mature because there's smoking. <laughs> and people people use the, the angry voices. The outside <laughs> voices they use inside. <laughs> so what if they're smoking weed? Oh, you can put that on any TV show. That's funny. But they can't smoke <laughs> cigarettes because that's like awful. The um, cigarettes will kill you and weed won't. Just saying. <laughs> well, that's, well, opinion. I mean. That's bad. Um, so nobody's ever died from in a car accident from smoking weed and being under the influence? <laughs> well, now you're just talking about driving under the influence. Well, it's still, still as a direct result from weed, so you can't say it's never killed anybody. Oh, um, but Barney as a person would irritate the shit out of me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him in real life? Like He'd be so fucking irritating uh, if he's all, like that all the time. I worked with a real-life Barney Fife. When I was Where, at the Space Center? Huh? At the Space Center? Yeah, when I worked at SpaceX as security, there was a guy that was built just like Don Knotts, real skinny old guy. Mm-hmm. And when he wore his uniform, he had it hiked up just like Barney Fife does. And he was like one of those security officers that are like very serious about their job, meaning like they think they're police officers. Mm-hmm. That's how this guy was. <laughs> so he was like, he always had like his belt and you know, have like other things on. And like he was, <laughs> is he the he, type that had a bunch of shit on there that you didn't even have to have? Like it wasn't part of the <laughs> sometimes, uniform. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And he looked just like Don Knotts. Wow. And like I didn't even notice it until somebody pointed out to me. He was like, "Oh, freaking Barney Fife over there," and I thought they were saying that because just the way he acts. And I was like, 
I was like, holy shit, he does look like Don Knotts. And everybody's like, yes. <laughs> and like, it's like, if you say it to him, he gets pissed. <laughs> Uh, like oh my god he looks j- oh my god this is amazing like I'm starstruck <laughs> what kind of car did he drive uh, I think I don't know just some sort of like sedan. Uh, I don't remember what it was we but, had a guy at my last company that would drive he had a, a Caprice Classic that he had painted to look like a police car complete with the star on the door the black star on the door oh, he had a light me. bar on top but I think mm-hmm. it was either clear or amber lights or something. And then he would have an inflatable alien that he would sit in the passenger seat. And okay. where it said, like, call 911, it said alien recovery unit on it. <laughs> and it, like three different times he had requested to carry a firearm at work. And they're like, no, like you can't. <laughs> like, well, you don't need to. You're not a cop. And then I found out somebody had told me that I guess, I guess he tried to be a cop and it didn't mm-hmm. work out. And so, <laughs> always, well, you know. um, he did have lights and sirens on his car, <laughs> but they were all hidden like underneath stuff. And of course, because you had pulled over for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had the whole package. But um, he was he worked at the sheriff's office for like thirty years. He retired as dispatcher. Oh, oh okay. So he's he's somewhat legit then. Yeah, he was a dispatcher, and uh, his daughter was current like sheriff's deputy too. And uh, okay, well that's different then. This guy had never been a police officer, um, and he just really liked police officers. He would wear. Apparently, he would walk around the mall in his uniform on his days off, like hoping people would think he was a police officer. Like, why? Stolen valor. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, make sure that's a impersonating police officer or impersonating officer. Well, it's only an impersonating police officer if it says police on it. Hmm. So, true. Scene eight. Still in the sheriff's station, a photographer enters with a camera. The hmm. photographer says, Sheriff Taylor. Barney says, uh, No, Deputy Sheriff Fife. Barney walks over and shakes his hand and says, Barney, to you gentlemen of the press. The photographer says, Joe Layton, Intercontinental News. That just sounds fake. <laughs> How soon will Sheriff Taylor be back? Barney, who's all smile, says, oh, any minute now. Barney looks down at his camera and asks, in the meantime, is that a pretty good camera? Joe looks down at his camera and says, yeah, why? Barney says, well, it's. Just that my fast draws have never been successfully photographed. (laughs) All they've been able to do so far is get sort of a blur. Barney then laughs at his joke. (laughs) Mr. Jenkins says, deputy. Barney looks over and says, oh, I'm sorry. This is Mr. Jenkins of the FBI. Mr. Joe Layton, Intercontinental News Service. The two men shake hands. Mr. Jenkins says to Barney, now why don't you run over to the barbershop and see what's keeping Sheriff Taylor? I'll look over things here. Barney says, oh, okay, I guess I can trust the FBI. Barney then laughs and nudges him in the ribs at his joke. They all just laugh. (laughs) Barney then leaves the station and heads over to check on Andy at the barbershop. After Barney leaves, the cameraman pushes in on Mr. Jenkins and Mr. Layton. (laughs) Mr. Jenkins says, I thought that clown would talk my arm off. Where have you been? Mr. Layton says, Casing the roads in and out of town. Watch they go for the coppers. They go for the FBI bit. Mr. Jenkins says, didn't even ask for my identification. <laughs> Mr. Layton asks, what's the schedule? Mr. Jenkins says, big hero celebration tomorrow night. Everybody will be there honoring those two lawmen. We can walk away with every dime in this town. 
Which is like seven of them. Exactly. Seven times. <laughs> Mr. Layton chuckles and asks, they really bought it, huh? Mr. Jenkins mocks, yeah, they think they've struck oil. This is just too easy. The two men maniacally laugh and rub their hands together. <laughs> like old-timey villains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is uh, that camera would be able to capture his quick draw because I have that oh, camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a Graflex um, and it can shoot up to a thousand speed, which is insane for that time, that era. Mm. Um, but also one pet peeve I have about that camera yeah. is it's really hard to find a flash unit for that camera. He had it on his, but it's really hard to find it because everybody mm. wants to take them and make fucking lightsabers out of them, which is super annoying because now it's hard to find the camera part. So that's super frustrating. That's one of the camera flashes that they use for lightsabers, which is why really fucking annoying. LEDs. No, I'm talking about as a prop. That's what they made the lightsabers out of is that kind of flash unit. Like if you go back and watch the episode and look at the flash, that's a lightsaber. Like that's, that's what that is. I don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand? No. Like when they made the prop for the lightsaber. Well, let's start at the beginning. You know what a lightsaber is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of George Lucas? (laughs) When they made the lightsabers for the Star Wars movie. Which movie are we talking about? Because they made them different for every movie. I don't know. The first one. The first one, which yeah. all that was, was just like a reflective tape. That's all it was. It no, was not the, the not the handle that they hold. That wasn't reflective tape. Oh, you're talking about the handle. Yeah. The lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about a light bulb. So I'm assuming you're talking about the no, light. I never talked about the light bulb. You just said the flash. Yeah. The flash for the camera. Oh my God. If you say the flash on the camera, everybody's going to assume 100% of people are going to assume. So, wait a minute. So, if I, say, if I say flash on a camera, they're automatically going to think I mean the blade of a lightsaber? Well, because you're talking about light. No, nobody thought that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you think that? So, all right, no, it's not that important. Never mind. No, no. <laughs> no, we're not putting this to bed. I'm confused. So, like. Am right, I but the stupid? blade of a light, like, I'm talking about the, the handle part, the prop of the lightsaber. <laughs> no, I got what you're talking about now. Okay. But how is that the flash is used for that? Because the flash unit on that camera is what they made the prop out of. Let me, hold on. I need visuals. Because yeah. you say flash, I'm thinking of a light bulb. I'm trying to find a picture of the camera itself. Okay. Okay, here's a picture of the flash unit as seen in the, the episode. This is the this is the flash unit that was attached to that camera. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. and it's super annoying that you can't about. find that now. Like I can't have one on my camera because everybody wants to make a fucking lightsaber out of it. It's super annoying. Okay, so you have said this thing before, right? And I was just like, what? And I just let it go. And now you're bringing it up again. And then I was like, how is the light? What are you talking? Okay. <laughs> So why, for for those of us who aren't professional photographers, right. why would you say the flash? To me, I would describe that as I would describe that as the flash handle. Isn't it's that the, where well, you the, like grip it? The the flash is the whole unit. It's the flash. I understand, like but I'm not a photographer. I don't know that. That's like <laughs> you're, you're, you're a photographer. You're taking pictures. <laughs> but I no. Okay, I've never taken pictures with an old-timey camera. How's that? <laughs> this is in the 80s where you buy little flash cubes and you put them on, to, you know. So if you say the flash, 
I'm thinking the light bulb. Well, that would be the flash bulb. <laughs> Got you now. I mean, to, to, I to your point, though, the handle where the flash is. is well, to your, I, I don't know that. if I said it, but to your point, that that really it should be a flash unit. Like it's the the part of the camera that is the flash. Like it's the flash unit. But isn't that like just a flash. handle? Isn't that like where you would grip it? Now that whole thing attaches to the side of the camera, right? And you would is that where you grip? Do you grip around? I don't that think part? so. I think it would slide out. Um, <sighs> But now it I'm makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> now that you've explained you're like, it. That's the the blade you're setting up. I'm like, what are you talking about? The blade? Like But to an average person, they go, so if I say flash, you're gonna assume I'm talking about the blade of a lightsaber? Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent of people will think that. Say when I say bla- flash, you say blade. Flash. <laughs> yeah. so that's the way the camera appeared on the episode. Right? It was hanging from his side. Oh, you're showing me something. Yeah. Sorry. Hold <laughs> on, look. Okay, yeah. And so the whole thing hangs off the side of it. So I don't know that you would use that to hold the camera. Um, oh, I get you. I've never noticed that, like, ever. I've noticed, like, the big circle with, you know, but I've yeah. never noticed, like, that whole arm or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> makes a lot more sense now. So you can see how that looks like a... For sure, yeah, 100%. So it's a little frustrating for photographers. So. When you're but trying to collect, how often do you need that? You don't, but it's if if you were, it, it would be like them making some movie prop out of like a Floyd Rose Bridge, and yeah. like everybody wants a fucking Floyd Rose Bridge to take apart and make into this prop, and now it's hard to get Floyd Rose bridges now because people won't stop taking them apart and they don't make them anymore. Like that's it'd be like that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Just just a little frustrating, you know. Okay. So do you have one of those? Not the flash in it now. Yeah. I've got the camera, but not the flash. So I want the flash. And a lot of times when you have the flash, like some of those guys will make you like send pictures of your camera collection and stuff. Like, <laughs> like show me that you have the camera, I'll show you holding it and that kind of thing. Cause they want to make sure you're not going to take it apart. So, hmm. yep. Okay. I'm glad we powered through that. And you, I know you wanted to bail and jump ship so early, but no, no, no. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the episode, why are they laughing? At the end of that scene, they're both just sitting there laughing. You maniacal laugh. Like, why? why? What are they <laughs> laughing about? Like, what's funny? Because they're about to take every dime in this town. They don't even know it's so easy. Well, what's funny about it is like, okay, they're sitting there laughing because they're about to steal 70 cents, right? <laughs> but there's like six rifles right behind them, and they're not even touching them. Like, Well, these are the kind of criminals that don't use weapons or anything. Yeah, but they can still sell them. They're still worth money. I guess. Especially in the city. Can't buy those city folks can't buy that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess so. All right. So this is where we take our next break. Oh shit. So Andy Yeah, so Andy and Barney think they are being honored for the most crime free town in America. Which is bullshit. But, sorry. <laughs> yes, okay. we we find that or yes, we know that now. But it turns out they're getting hoodwinked. Mm-hmm. Will they figure it out? Will the criminal minds get every diamond Mayberry? All seven of them? <laughs> Will Miss Williamson always think that the Sheriff Taylor is a cold-blooded killer? Hopefully. Well, we'll be back. Thank you. 
comic book fan? We've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of The Death of Superman in the Black Poly Bag? Did you buy every Image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. Was a good that that was that was a good break, yeah. That was a good break. Well, did you do anything special? That's how you're talking. To you? you were here. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <sighs> oh yeah, I keep forgetting mm-hmm. that I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah, how you make them? That's just weird. Okay, well that's a good question. How do you make peanut butter and jelly? Like, what do you put on <laughs> first? Um, okay, so because I'm pretty specific <laughs> on how I make it, yeah, me too. Okay, uh, so you got your two pieces of bread, right? I put peanut butter on both sides, and then I put jelly down, and then take the knife and spread it all around, put it together. Now, every time I eat a sandwich, no matter what sandwich, if it's made from regular bread, I always eat all the crust all the way around first. Okay, starting with the bottom crust because that's the worst crust. <laughs> and then eat all the crust first, and then you just have the sandwich left, and it's fun. You monster. <laughs> I'm, I always, I put down the jelly first on what? one on one slice of bread, right? What? Then yeah. I clean off the knife on the other bread yeah. so that the knife is nice and clean when you put it in the peanut butter, because it's harder to get the peanut butter off, right? Right, right. Because otherwise, you're going to have jelly in your peanut butter. And put peanut butter in my jelly. Exactly. Too great taste. It tastes great to get. Sorry. But not in the jar. Um, <laughs> no. So then, yeah, then I put the peanut butter on the other slice of bread. And that's how I made it. So you only have peanut butter on one side? Yep. That's weird. And first of all, I don't, like, put a dirty knife in, like, the other thing. Like, lately, well, the jelly we have is, dir- like, the squeeze. The do you dirty two knives? No, I wipe them oh. off. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Just like you said, <laughs> just like him, just like you. <laughs> but the jelly we have is like the squeeze jelly, so I don't have uh, to um, dip a knife in any jelly. So no, we just use old fashioned stuff. We use jam instead of jelly. That's so just better. spreads preserves. Easier. Well, it just spreads better. Yeah. Have you ever had grilled well, peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. Oh my god, you listeners out there, like grilled peanut butter and jelly is just like the cat's pajamas. You guys need to try it, and you basically make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
and then you butter both sides like you would grilled cheese and then from then on out it's like grilled cheese you just got to be careful because as peanut butter heats up it gets really runny so you got to be careful it doesn't like ooze out through the bread but i'm telling you it's incredible it's amazing yeah good stuff so having said all that like in this episode Mm -hmm. you know they're they're being um recognized you know for blah 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 like have you ever been the center of attention like that for some kind of award. Cause I mean, I know your military background, but I don't know the details of it and stuff. Like I know you've had promotions in the military and, and I know your uniform had like medals and stuff in it. Like does any of that mm-hmm. ring a bell, like being recognized for something like, or do when you get something in the military like that, do they just like ship it to your PO box and you just got to put it on yourself? <laughs> like, no, like uh, when I was in the Navy, I got the Navy achievement medal. And, um, what, what like does that mean? Ceremony. Like to the, you know, to the people that don't know what it is. No, you don't know Not, what that means. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say Navy achievement, you just automatically assume it's a lightsaber. Sorry. I figured um, you achieved something. <laughs> yeah. In the, um, in the military. It's, it's given for a lot of different reasons. Okay. So it's whoever, whoever awards it to you is for whatever reason. So, I, it was given to me just before I got out for just basically doing like eight years of service and not okay. getting into trouble and stuff like that. So not everybody gets a Navy achievement medal. Oh damn! But, um, um, but a lot of people do. Um, and uh, so when you get it, you receive it. It's a little ceremony. Um, so they have it like in its little case, and then they present it with like a little certificate and it's signed mm. by the ca- by captain or whatever, you know, and you get a little grip and grin where you shake hands and smile at the picture, you know, and you get it. And, and of course then now you have it like the little Navy tube metal, but then, then you have to like um, go out and actually buy it and put it on your uniform. <laughs> so you got to buy it. Well, they have different, there's ribbons and then there's metals. Right. So pretty much when you have ribbons, that's just a ribbon version of a metal. Oh, okay. So, so you get on, the medal, but you have to buy the ribbon? Yeah. If you want so, a uniform, is it mandatory? Well, nobody's going to know everything that you've gotten, but okay, you kind of want to have it on, you know? Um, right. So depending on what uniform you're wearing, whether you would wear medals versus ribbons. So the only time you'd ever wear like medals is if it's if you're going to like some big function or um, a ceremony of some, some kind, you know, and like your commander will tell you, you need to wear medals to this and not your ribbons. So it's very specific for a certain function, certain, like if you're getting dressed up, you know, really nice for something, then you would right. wear the medals versus the ribbons. So, so yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you clean your uniform, do you have to take all that stuff off? Yeah. That's but it's like it's all on bars, so it's just it's one piece that comes off oh, of you, oh, all your oh, ribbons okay. and stuff. Yeah. Do you get in trouble if it's the wrong spot? Like if you mess up and put it in the wrong row or whatever? I mean, you wouldn't get in trouble. Somebody might go, "Hey, that ribbon's in the wrong spot." I'm like, is it? Like, oh shit! And then you just fix it. So they actually have specific spots they're supposed to be in. Yeah, there's certain Damn. order, certain things have to be in, and you don't necessarily know. You might have to look it up. I'm like, I don't know where this goes. So. Hmm. So when, yeah. when you when you had this achievement ceremony, did anybody try to rob the bank while it was going on? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. To be honest like, with you, was, maybe. Your, was your chief sitting in the vault and being like, ha ha. 
<laughs> yes, my chief single-handedly caught bank robbers down the street. Because well, no, we all know that there's a bank fault in every sub. We know. Come on, we know that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Rob, rob, rob the bank and on board the boat. Exactly. Yes. Well, you got to keep all your valuable valuable somewhere from those stinking <laughs> Russians. So yeah, we know that. Yeah, that's where you open the vault and it's nothing but like porn, cigarettes, and candy, <laughs> <laughs> and. and what is it, like tubes of like dip or whatever? Hmm. <laughs> Tell you, we're out of sea. It's like prison rules out there. Like that's money when you're yeah. out of sea. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I was just curious. <clears throat> curious if yeah. that, if you could relate to that at all. Yeah. All right. You ready to get back into it? I am ready to get back into this. All right. So when we left off, if you remember, Jimmy, mm-hmm. the lawmen of Maryberry have just learned that their town is the most crime-free town in America. Wow. The mayor and citizens of the town are all stirred up and ready to honor Mayberry's finest for a job well done. Mm. Although Andy doesn't think they deserve any recognition at all. Oh, Not damn. at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, it turns out that the town, the sheriff, and the deputy are all being hustled, and the town may be robbed. Oh, shit. <clears throat> well, it is kind of neat that they're, you know, the most crime-free town out of every single town in America, <laughs> all of them, all of them, <laughs> yeah, they we'll are number one. There's none <laughs> higher. They're in a class all by themselves. <laughs> so, just throwing it out there. I feel like this is foreshadowing for something. Exactly. Later. Yeah. <laughs> well, scene nine. Later, back at the sheriff's station, Andy sits at his desk when all of a sudden, mm. Barney comes running in and yells, Andy, Andy, they The purple dinosaur? It. Oh, my God. Sorry. No, this is Barney Fife. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it. Andy asks, done what? Barney, while holding a piece of paper, says, they made a legend out of us in our own time. They've written a folk song about us. <laughs> Barney hands Andy a piece of paper with the song written on it. And he looks it over and reads, The Ballad of Andy and Barney? Or The Gangster's Mistake? <laughs> he looks over at Barney, hands it back to him, and says, If that ain't the most ridiculous thing, I Barney interrupts, Wait a minute. Now you wait a minute, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta nip it in the bud. Sorry. That's something he says a lot. <laughs> it's not too bad. Try it from the top. The tune is like Frankie and Johnny. You know Frankie and Johnny, right? Oh, t- hell yeah. I was listening right. before we started. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes the paper back and says, what foolishness that will they think of next? Barney says, go ahead. Andy reads and sings, Andy and Barney were lawmen, bravest you ever did see. Warned ever crook in the record book to stay out of Mayberry. They were the law. Yes, they were the law. <laughs> um, Andy hands Barney back the paper and says, throw that thing away. Barney <laughs> says, now wait a minute, Andy. <laughs> it gets better in the second verse. Listen to this. Barney begins to read and sing. A pretty boy Floyd come a-riding, Dillinger too big as life. They weren't alone, there was Al Capone, and in back of Mac the night Andy laughs and says, Barney, Barney, hold it. Barney asks, what's the matter? Andy chuckles and says, whoever wrote this did it for a joke. Barney barks, I did not. 
And his eyes widen as he chuckles and asks, you wrote it? Barney says, well, Andy, the way I figure, why take a chance on becoming a legend? This way, we're sure. Andy chuckles again and says, Barney, I thought you didn't like folk songs. Barney says, oh, Andy, like you said yourself, if somebody does something brave, why not sing about it? As Andy brings a lamp back into cell number one, he says, we didn't do anything. Barney, now with his hands on his hips, says, Oh no, we're only being honored by the FBI is all. Andy says, Barney, that's for the town. Barney sighs and says, You just don't know how to wear the mantle of popularity, do you? Andy just sighs. Okay, so right off the bat, like, why is there a reading lamp in a jail cell? <laughs> well, like, if you look in the cells, they're both, straight like, up furniture like. There. There's like furniture, there's yeah. lamps, there's even pictures hanging, there's like a rocking chair, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. That's just how they do it in Mayberry. Wow, all right. Um, but Barney, he straight up sees himself as some old west sheriff, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. All right. Like hmm. there's even an episode where he like tries to become a sheriff, like in another town and all that. Oh, you know, oh so. okay. Because he like really wants that position like bad. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier when I couldn't remember in the beginning when I was trying to give you a little bit of backstory about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it's kind of funny, like the first couple episodes, it might have been just the pilot episode. Uh, they originally had Andy Griffith and Barney Fife. They were cousins. Oh. Um, but they Kissing ditched cousins. that. <laughs> they ditched that whole thing. Um, so they just made them friends that went way back since like high school and stuff like okay. that. And um, every, if you watch the show a lot, every once in a while you heard Don Knotts refer to Andy as Ange. He'll say, okay. oh, how you doing, Ange? And then what that is, is that's Don Knotts' actual nickname for Andy Griffith. It's short for Andy Griffith, like Andy G, you know? So oh, okay. he just started to call him Ange, even huh. though his name is Andy Taylor on the show. Oh. <laughs> but, he, but he still call him, he still calls him Ange every once in a while. It's kind huh. of neat. It's a little fun thing. He did it like one time on accident. They're like, yeah, that's cool. Just keep doing it. Like, okay. So he just continued on. It's kind cool. of a fun fact. That's cool. All right. Scene yeah. 10. Still in the sheriff's station, Floyd now enters with a tour group. Floyd says, right this way, folks. That's it. Come in together there. No stragglers. Now, come on in. <laughs> Andy and Barney look in awe as to what is happening in their office. Andy asks, Floyd, what's going on? Floyd looks at the tour group and says, folks, are you ever in luck? Both of our famous peace officers are on duty. (laughs) Duty. Now, this big fella here is Sheriff Andy Taylor. He's better known as Deadeye Andy. Andy Mm. rolls his eyes. (laughs) Floyd goes on, why he's probably the greatest lawman since Wyatt Earp. (laughs) And that little wiry fella there... (laughs) Wearing that big gun, that's Deputy Barney Fife. Andy interrupts and says, Floyd, could I see you outside for a minute? Floyd says, oh, when Sheriff Taylor asks you to step outside, you know what that means. That usually means a gun duel on the main street. However, he doesn't shoot his friends, especially when they're unarmed. And so is he, but that's okay. (laughs) Floyd opens his smock to reveal that he is indeed unarmed. The tour group just laughs. Floyd goes on. So I guess maybe I'll be uh, coming back. Floyd then laughs his motherfucking ass off. (laughs) Andy and Floyd then step outside, leaving Barney alone with the tour group. 
Barney clears his throat and says, well, friends, as Mr. Lawson told you, I'm Deputy Sheriff Barney Fife. Although I do have a nickname I've been stuck with and can't seem to, to lose, it's Fast Gun Fife. <laughs> he looks down at his gun and says, uh, now I noticed some of you were staring at this gun. Barney begins to pull out his pistol to show it off. Cause, you know, because that's safe. <laughs> well, there's a. Well, I was going to tell you this later, but um, so um, one thing Barney has a problem with is that he's um, he's really quick he's, with the hair trigger, where like he like misfires all the time. Oh, nice! To the point where Andy only allows him to have one bullet, and he has to keep it in his pocket. Wow! He's not allowed to have his gun loaded. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Why yeah. does he even let him have a gun in the first place if he himself doesn't carry? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, why would the barber give tours? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Just hmm. part of the town, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Scene. Hello. Oh. Meanwhile, outside, Andy has his duel with Floyd out in the main street. He says, what do you mean you got them off the New Orleans bus? Floyd says, they made a rest stop. All I did was ask him if they wanted to see a famous landmark and a couple of legendary characters. Andy sighs and says, Floyd, you drugged those folks in there for nothing. Floyd argues, I did not. I charged them two bits apiece. <laughs> Andy gets a little mad and says, now that's downright dishonest. Floyd says, well, they're getting their money's worth. Andy says, Floyd, you all are letting this thing get way out of hand. Floyd says, Besides, Andy, this has all been officially approved by the Greater Mayberry Historical Society and Tourist Bureau. <laughs> They're having a meeting right now in the mayor's office, and your Aunt B is the chairwoman. Andy, now believing this malarkey, he asks, by the way, I had to come up with a lot of words for nonsense. I'm sure, yeah. You didn't you use Tom like Fulry. <laughs> I like that word. <clears throat> Andy, now believing this malarkey, asks, the Greater Mayberry Historical Society and Tourist Bureau... Floyd adds, limited. Andy <laughs> says, it will be when I get through with them. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a Jimmy line right there. Oh, yeah. Andy then walks off. In a huff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to do it. <sighs> oh, shit. Andy is pissed. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to go in there and like forearm shit off tables and be like, kick in the door. But what the <laughs> fuck is going on? He's going to be all pissed at shit. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> now I fucking run this fucking town. Everybody knows that shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Scene 12. Meanwhile, at the mayor's office, the meeting with the Greater Mayberry Historical Society and Tourist Bureau Limited <laughs> is underway. And B slams her gavel and says, then the motion has been made and carried. Our souvenir booklets will feature the life story of Andy and Barney, complete with pictures. The mayor says, good, they'll bring in revenue. The others in the meeting begin to chatter amongst each other. Aunt B says, and I took the liberty to bring along the family album. Ooh. There's some darling pictures of Andy growing up. B pulls out her family album and they all jump up and gather around to see pictures of Andy. As B is going through the pages, we see a picture of Andy as a baby lying naked mm. as the day he was born. Mm. B says, now naturally we wouldn't use that one. They all just laugh. <laughs> 
The mayor, just too excited to see the next page, reaches to turn it, but B slaps his hand and says, now careful, you'll tear it. Mm. Let's see what else. The mayor spots a pic of Andy as a young boy and says, oh, now that's a dandy one. So lifelike. (laughs) It doesn't look like a painting or a drawing at all. (laughs) The others comment on how good the picture is. Just then, the man of the hour steps into the office. As the door shuts behind him, they all startle and look at Andy. He has a face that says he is not amused. Mm. Aunt B says, oh, Andy, you're here. Andy says, yes, ma'am. Now, just what are you up to? Aunt B says, oh, now, Andy, you just get back to wiping out crime and making Mayberry famous and leave the rest to us. The mayor says, We'll get a lot of business from the tourists. Andy says, well, right now the tourists are getting the business from us. There's a whole covey of them downstairs paid two bits ahead to see our jail. The society all gets excited and chatter amongst themselves. Andy shuts that shit down quick and says, only there ain't nothing to see but some empty cells. Now this is downright silly. What in the world can Barney tell them about two empty cells? (laughs) I love these scenes where they quickly cut into, now hear this, everybody. <laughs> See, I didn't know that was really Andy Griffith, so I'm like, I wonder how old that baby is now. Well, I guess we know. Um, <laughs> baby's dead. <laughs> she sounds like the lady from SpongeBob. <laughs> what is it? Miss Peach? Or no, yeah, Miss yeah Pete? I think so, yeah. Pie she sounds or? a lot like her. I can't yeah. remember, but you know who I'm talking about. Starts with a P. Yeah, but she sounds just like her. <laughs> scene a 13 we quickly cut to barney giving the tour of the cells to the group from new orleans barney puffs his chest out and boasts now these are our maximum security cells <laughs> folks this is where we keep our most incorrigible prisoners these cells are absolutely escape proof now i have some copies of the song which was written about the sheriff taylor in these cells That tells the story of how we struck fear in the hearts of some of our most dangerous gangsters. The tourists have stopped listening as they watch Otis come in, drunk as usual, and lets himself into his usual cell. The tourists watch as he steps inside and locks the door and hangs the key back up on the wall. Barney sees this and stops. The tourists now look back at Barney. Embarrassed by this, Barney says, Uh... Uh, do you see how we've got the criminals around here intimidated? Uh, the minute they commit a crime, they, they, they know that capture is inevitable, and they just come in and lock themselves up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Barney quickly turns to Otis, who's been listening, and barks, Back, you savage killer, back! <laughs> Otis says, You're right, I am a killer. I just killed a whole pint. Otis just laughs. Barney, now completely deflated, somebody turns back to the group and says, that's the end of the tour, folks. He then gives Otis the stink eye. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Alcoholism's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it so bad that that he let himself in the jail cell? Why is that a bad thing? Because he just got done talking about how this is maximum security and... You know, this is where we lock up our most dangerous criminals, and here comes a drunk guy just coming in, locking himself up, and hanging the key back up on the wall. Right, but he didn't let himself out. He let himself but he in. He could, and they know that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, assuming that the sheriff didn't take the key and put it somewhere else. So. <laughs> I think it would have been more funny if he would have been asleep in the cell, woke up, and then let himself out and walked out. That would have been way funnier. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, gotcha. I, but letting himself in the cell, to me, that doesn't say it's not maximum security. It just means that, okay, it's no. easy to get in one. So. <laughs> um, scene 14. Meanwhile, the photographer still carrying around his camera, you know, so you know he's a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Walks up to Mr. Jenkins outside the sheriff's station. Mr. Jenkins asks, how did it go? <laughs> How'd it go, boss? <laughs> Mr. Layton says, fabulous. The only thing, I almost broke up when I got a look at that bank vault. Jenkins asks, what do you mean? Old? Layton says, old? I'll bet Sherman cracked it on his march to the sea. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? You and get then the whole audience right? is like, ooh. Oh shit, they didn't know he did it. <laughs> oh, man, this is like a rap battle. <laughs> Jenkins says, You may not even have to use a torch. Layton says, Fred, I've had beer cans give me more trouble than that thing will. Mm-hmm. Five minutes is the, but Jenkins shuts it up because the sheriff is walking towards him. Mm. As Andy walks up to the two men, Jenkins says, Well, Sheriff Taylor, good to see you. Andy says, Mr. Layton, Mr. Jenkins, every, everybody treating you all right? Oh, sorry, I thought it was spelled weird. Everybody treating you all right? Jenkins says, yes, indeed. Layton says, I guess the town's all ready for the big celebration tonight. Andy says, phew, too ready. Sure wish you'd fellas hadn't picked Mon Mayberry. Jenkins, a little concerned, asks, you know, like, what do you mean? <laughs> Andy says, as the most crime-free community, Jenkins smiles and says, oh, yeah, you deserve it. Layton says, say, how about a picture of you two? Andy says, okay, how about a picture of you two? And then reaches for Mr. Layton's camera. I just He's like, no, that's mine. Like, what are you no, doing? Stop. He's like, you said... <laughs> Thief. I mean, no, I mean, no. What? Layton goes on. You know, the FBI shaking hands with the sheriff. Andy says, well, I'd be proud if Mr. Jenkins doesn't mind. Mr. Jenkins says, nope, not at all. Layton says, well, won't you step over there, please? While I get set up here. As Layton holds his camera up, he says, now shake hands, please. And in Mr. Jenkins, shake hands and smile. Layton says, all right, ready? Go. Layton then snaps the pick and says, there we are. Thank you very much. Andy, while gleaming from ear to ear, says, well, much obliged. I enjoyed that. He -hmm. shakes Layton's hand and then says, well, if you'll excuse me, I got duties to attend. (laughs) That means he has to go to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 And then walks off. After the sheriff leaves, Jenkins steps closer to Layton and says, now here's the timetable for tonight. As soon as I start my speech, you slip away. I'll give you 15 minutes. Then I'll make my presentation to the mayor. Layton agrees. Jenkins goes on. And then I'll give the medals to our two heroes. But he uses air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're going to do with the coppers? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hey, boss. (laughs) Hey, Norton. 
So Layton called Jenkins Fred hmm. in that scene. That's how he was introduced as okay. Fred Jenkins. So are they mm-hmm. using their real names? Probably. <laughs> well, they're smart enough to take their own picture. So, I mean, <laughs> and then give it to the town. So that's, that's like John Mulaney talking about <laughs> bank robbers back in the day. <laughs> tell, them, tell them it was the Duggins gang. <laughs> um, but why would Sherman crack a safe? I don't even know what that reference is. Like the general is March to the sea. It's part of like, I, know. History. I had no, no okay. idea, but he was like a, a general. Like why would a general from the military crack a safe? Like, uh, I don't know. He was a general, I right? I want to make sure we don't get a bunch of <laughs> comments saying you guys are fucking so stupid. stupid. You got it wrong again. You look stupider than me. Cause I don't even know who it is. <laughs> Who's more stupid. You or me. <laughs> We'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, General Sherman. Okay. So it's kind of cool that they have a photo now that'll identify him. That's kind of neat. <laughs> Assuming he was filming the camera. I don't know. But they'll have the camera. <laughs> That's but. true. Well, no, you could see him take the, because the, they use these, mine has them. They're like these pieces of wood and you you have two yeah. slides of film that go on either one that goes on either side of it and you slide it into the camera and then it the film was covered with like a, like a piece of plastic, like a black thing. So you slide the, the, the film into the camera. It's like five by seven film. It's like a single sheet of film and you pull the cover off of it, which exposes the film. Then you snap the shutter. you slide the thing back, take it out, flip it upside down, put it back in. And then you have to slide that cover back out again. So you see him do that. He actually does that correctly. He actually mm. slides the film out, rotates it, puts it back in and pulls the cover out. So mm. that part they got right. <clears throat> so mm. it's kind of neat. Fun. Yeah. All right. Scene a 15. Later at the ceremony, the mayor stands at a podium on stage and says, well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen of our fair city. This is indeed a memorable day for Mayberry. As you probably heard by now, we are accredited with having the least crime activity of any city our size in America. Mm. It's a lot more specific. Hold on. on. We need we need John Mulaney. Hold on. Sorry. You know, like a liar. Mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, the audience now claps at the exciting news. The mayor goes on, Now, naturally, we're just proud of this record, and to speak to us further on the subject is a very distinguished gentleman from the FBI, Mr. Fred Jenkins. The audience claps as Mr. Jenkins steps out onto the stage and shakes the mayor's hand. Jenkins steps to the podium and says, Mayor Pike, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, organized crime fears the brave, the honest, the incorruptible lawman. Mm. And that's what you have here in your fair community of Mayberry. Amen. They all clap again. Mm -hmm. Andy and Barney stand just off stage awaiting to be called. Mr. Layton checks his watch and slips away. Andy notices this. And becomes curious. Mm, by curious. <laughs> so going back to that. So the mayor says the least crime in any other city their size. Exactly. Does that mean there's larger cities with less crime? I mean, that should be better, right? Or does that mean that there's a city that fucking small that has actual crime in it? Like, 
Yeah, I guess. Like, how are you going to get away with anything? Who do you think it was? Well, it's probably Bob. Like, who else could it be? Like, everybody else was at work. Like, <laughs> everybody else was at work. <laughs> like, we were all playing Monopoly. Remember that? It had to be him. He was the only one not there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> hmm, okay. Scene 16. A few minutes later, Layton is at the bank vault getting ready to work on those tumblers. He turns them up slowly as he listens intently. Mm. Meanwhile, back at the ceremony, Jenkins, still at the podium, continues to filibuster. And I say to you that no criminal organization, no matter how powerful, no matter how ruthless, no matter how far it may reach, can stand up against the fearless, the devoted, the (laughs) dedicated peace officer. Barney then runs out from backstage and yells out, we defy the mafia. The audience claps at the declaration. Barney then feels awkward and walks, you know, back off stage. I don't understand why he did that or what that even means. Because he I was mean, really, I know what it means. Because he was really into the speech. So he yeah, like couldn't so. contain himself. He thought <laughs> yeah. it was about him. So basically we came out and just was saying, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah hmm. He had a little wood. <laughs> I didn't realize that in order to crack a safe, you have to smile. I didn't know that. Because <laughs> he's sitting there like with a big grin on his face. I didn't realize that so must excited. be part of the technique. He's about to take every diamond Mayberry. I guess. So yeah. excited. Like, it's just like how villains have really dirty hands and they're always, or their hands are cold and they're always rubbing them together. <laughs> Same thing. Scene uh, 17. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back at the bank vault, Leighton wipes the sweat from his brow and continues to work them tumblers. Oh, shit. He turns the knob left and smiles. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. It's it's getting closer. He gets up and turns... (laughs) I don't know what to call this thing. Like the little, like, valve or whatever, like, to turn it and open... I don't know. It looks like one of those doors on the sub. (laughs) He gets up and turns the large vault handle and the vault door opens. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. He steps inside and smiles again. As he walks in, good old Sheriff Andy Taylor sits in a chair inside the vault behind him and says, Well, come in, Mr. Layton. Layton spins around with his eyes wide as to how he was in there and how he knew. And he says, And congratulations. You've been able to do in 15 minutes what this town's been trying to do for the past 15 years. Layton asks, What's that? Andy, with cuffs in his hands, gets up and says, Open the door to this vault. See, the combination was lost, and the company that built it went out of business. And we just about given up hope of ever opening her up. Andy places the cuffs on Mr. Layton as he asks, But if... If... How did you get in here? Andy says, Oh, I come in through the back door. As he points <laughs> to the door on the other wall, Andy explains, See, we cut that in... We found out we couldn't come in any other way. Andy smiles as he escorts Leighton to jail. Leighton just has a look of confusion on his face. And he ain't the only one that comes in the back door. Mm-hmm. He surprised him. He didn't even know. He was like, surprise, he came in the back door. Leighton's <laughs> like, oh, shit. Well, especially when, you know, you just can't come in the front door, so you got to come in the back door. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I got I got two sliding doors. What do you think, you think I'm talking about? I got two sliding doors. Like, sometimes the cats will run out. I was talking about anal sex. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. 
That's funny. Uh, <laughs> see, I, before this scene was even done, I was already triggered. I was like, "What? Why did he lock himself in the safe? <laughs> like, what is he doing closing the door? He didn't know there was a back door at that point." You're, you said you were triggered. I was, well, because that's before I realized he had a slot, yeah. had a back door. But then I was thinking, yeah. "Well, he didn't know it either." Like, it's not like he closed it, thinking that's okay. I can get out the back door. Like, no, he just locked himself in that safe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stupid thief. <laughs> All right. Scene 18. Back at the sheriff's station, Barney sits slumped in a chair and feeling pretty down. Hmm. Andy sits next to him with a cup of coffee and says, oh, now cheer up, Barney. I was just lucky is all. If you'd been in my shoes, you'd have seen through them just the same as I did. <laughs> Barney thinks for a second and asks, you think so? And he says, no, <laughs> no, you wouldn't know. Not at all. Not a chance. No. And he says, well, sure. You know, as well as I do that special agents of the FBI don't allow their pictures to be took. Barney clears his throat and says, uh, yeah, <laughs> duh. Sure. I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know. Like I, I, I know you knew that. Well, of course I knew that. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, no, that's not how he says it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Floyd walks in with another tour group. He says, right this way, folks. And he whispers to Barney, hey, shape up. Here comes another tour. Barney adjusts his hat and tie and stands up. He says, step right in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Deputy Sheriff Fife, and this is Sheriff Andy Taylor. Now, these over here are our maximum security cells. In these cells, ladies and gentlemen, we keep our most incorrigible prisoners. Inside the cells, we see Jenkins in one and Leighton in another. Barney mm -hmm. goes on. They were captured only last night after one of the most brilliant pieces of detective work in the history of crime <laughs> detection. And he just laughs at his silly little deputy. <laughs> So I, I couldn't help but notice that the keys yeah. are still on the wall in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that means either Andy and Barney are fucking dumb or the criminals are fucking dumb. <laughs> well, they're right there in the sheriff's office. I'm sure if they had to leave, they would yeah, move the keys. Andy and Barney have to go home at some point, right? Or do they live in the sheriff's office? <laughs> they they sometimes sleep. There's a room in the back they can uh -huh. sleep in if need be. Okay. Hmm. So they do sometimes. Um, but they're only in there. It's just a holding cell. So, I mean, I can't believe they're still there. You would think right. somebody from like the state or FBI or something yeah, would true, pick yeah. them up by now. That's a good point. But, <clears throat> so, I don't know. Scene 19. The next day, Barney types away on the typewriter. He pulls out a paper and smiles. He reads and sings to the tune of Clementine. In a jailhouse down in Dixie, fighting crime and risking life. Well, the sheriff and his buddy, pistol pack in Barney Five. Oh, my darin', oh, my darin', oh, my darin', Barney Five. Just then, Andy steps into the station and quietly listens in on Barney as he sings the song he just wrote about himself. <laughs> Barney continues. He's a deadly crime stopper. What a copper, Barney Fox. <laughs> one day there come a ride and two bad men to rob a bank. 
But Fife was tricky, a dead-eye dicky. Now they're locked up in the tank. Andy, overhearing all this, now takes over and improvises some lyrics as to make fun of Barney. Oh, my Barney. Barney had a jail and couldn't lock it. Had one bullet for his pistol. Had to keep it in his pocket. <laughs> Barney, not amused in the slightest, gets up and storms off to the back room. And he just laughs. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, he's way too proud about carrying that gun, man. He's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. that's part of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I know the type. I know guys that, that are like this. So. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Of the episode. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Indeed. Not really. Was it though? No, not really. No. <laughs> I liked it. I I, I rather enjoyed that. Much obliged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, I'm not going to read an email. So we're going to listen to okay. some audio. Well, I have been Jimmy. <laughs> so we get some audio here from our good buddy down under. Hell yeah! Oh, sorry. I wasn't supposed to do the the accent. You're going to get our asses kicked, man. <laughs> Huh? Carrie's like on the other side of the world. Do you know stuff. that for sure? No. Exactly. But uh, so this is our good buddy Glenn Glenn, and he sent us a few audio clips to check out. So boom. We have not previewed these anyway, no, we so have, have not, no, no idea what they say. So nope. here we go. Hey there, Tack and Jimmy. Loving the Bewitched episode. One of my favorite programs of all time. Just a lazy Saturday afternoon here. But one word in your program just rubbed me the wrong way. Oh. Hiatus. Okay, I had to Google it. It's apparently a break in continuity. You guys need a break? From fucking what? <laughs> Once a week, you speak on the phone for 90 minutes, you record it, and then you read off the dialogue from an episode. I mean, a break from what? <laughs> what is going on? Now, I don't want to get fucking Charles Bronson Death Wish 5 on you guys, but... That just fucking rubbed me the wrong way. That That is not right. How dare you leave us for a week, five weeks, whatever, to do what? To blow each other again? The same grade five, boys. Come on. I mean, you know, I could take you both down and not a fucking jury in the country would convict me. In fact, I'd leave the courthouse to polite applause. Come on, boys. No, no hiatus, please. <laughs> well, sorry, <laughs> Glenn Glenbo. We're back from our hiatus now. We are back from the hiatus. <laughs> We took one and we didn't listen to that before we took the hiatus. So and when it, and had, we only did that we. one time in high school and it was just out of curiosity. <laughs> Every once in a while I gotta do it again just to make sure I don't like it. Yeah, otherwise I quit the show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there is like a little bit more involved than just jumping on here and talking for 90 minutes or whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of research we do. We write all the synopsis. That takes a long time. Editing takes hours. So yeah, I don't. I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another one here. Let's check yes. it out. Hey there, guys. Glenn Glenn here. Uh, about the Bewitch, just a couple of installments that uh, your fans may or may not have known. Uh, number one, um, Elizabeth Montgomery was married to William Asher, who produced mm-hmm. the show. Oh, and. Uh-huh. Uh, 
actually been married a few times before and vice versa. And apparently he was a bit of a cocksmith. Hmm. And her alter ego in the show, when she put the black wig on as Sabrina, you know, he'd take mm-hmm. her occasionally dressed as Sabrina to one of the cheap motels in the area and just bang the fuck out of her after the work. <laughs> and um, they were both a bit promiscuous in their marriage, apparently hmm. with the other stars, according to her biography. And um, the name of uh, Sabrina in the closing credits wasn't Elizabeth Montgomery, it was Pandora's Box, as in Pandora's Box, or we call her in high school, Pandora's <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah um i guess also another thing too like the first darren stevens too was i guess in love with elizabeth montgomery oh shit and uh, he was like really like just in love with her and he couldn't but she made it pretty clear that they're just friends mm. <laughs> and uh, so obviously it's not why he left the show or anything but um but he stayed professionally he remained professional he wasn't like awkward or creepy or anything about it so a fun fact hmm i wonder if they ever humped Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I bet they did. I bet they did too. I bet they did one time and then he's just like, I love you. And she's like, Yeah. We're just <laughs> She's like, I can tell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Or like on Liar Liar. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh last one here. Here we go. Okay. One last one before you guys go on hiatus. Because you need the fucking break because you're so overworked. <laughs> Fuck, give me a break. Um, yeah, uh, you said, what are some of the traditions in Australia over Christmas? Well, the traditions are that about 12 weeks out, we start getting commercials about Christmas Day. And then about eight weeks out, the specials start. And then about four weeks out, the town is littered with green and red and white, even though there's no fucking white Christmas here. And then about a week out, all the shops open till about midnight. And then three days out, all the shops are open till about, well, they're 24 hours. And then Christmas Day, everyone gets together. The police are out of control, breaking up domestic disputes. And then the day after, Christmas is totally forgotten about. Everyone's thrown out their trees. No one gives a fuck. And the arguments continue. That's Christmas in Australia. Enjoy. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. Well, what's, what's, I think what's interesting for us is because here, like, like I'm from Florida, tax from Florida. Um, we both grew up in Florida. And so for us, even like in Florida, like it's, I remember going to the beach and at Christmas time. So, I mean, it's, we have some yeah. winters here that it's still, you know, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so, I mean, I, but even, even with all that here, like there's still emphasis on, white Christmas and you still, the decorations have snow and all that kind of stuff. And that got me wondering, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it, I just can't imagine, I guess I can cause I'm from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, being in the summertime and in Christmas cause it's so closely associated here with snow and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. That's weird. Things well, not weird. weird. It's just, weird. it's hard to imagine, but I mean, mm-hmm. obviously people in the Southern hemisphere, it's, that's the norm. Or like people in the equator. Imagine people in the equator. Like it's pretty much the same all year round. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. That's kind of Florida though. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But thank you, Glenn. Glenn, we appreciate it. All right. So we got a little review here to read on Apple Podcasts. It says, first of all, the uh, the subject is funny. 
And this comes to us from CKP17. Hmm. I think I'm reading that right. And it says, I listened to all the Brady episodes. Couldn't hang with the show in the Gilligan era. Brady got so much better after season one. (laughs) Wonder why. In addition to having two hosts who were invested in the show, the content improved greatly. Consistently funny. If you're looking at a show that would be fun to break down, Happy Days and Different Strokes would be the spirit of the Brady. Yeah, Different Strokes would be good. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, be in the same spirit as Brady and your general sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. Some of your other potential shows are going to be like Gilligan. Mm. So, and that was a four-star review. It wasn't a five-star review. Yeah, I can understand that because when we switched to Gilligan, it just wasn't the same. Like, yeah. Even though they said Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we appreciate that review. We appreciate yes. Glenn Glenn as well sending all that audio to us. And uh, it's very entertaining, sir. We appreciate Hell it. yeah. And we do apologize about the hiatus. <laughs> you know what? I don't. No, what? I don't know. Oh, yeah. You're trying to get so our right, asses kicked. You're the take. one over there sitting there. Oh, look at my accent. Oh, I don't give a shit. Man, you need to cool it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, the hiatus is needed, and we do uh, apologize, but we do need it every once in a while. But, hey, halfway through the hiatus, I was ready to come back, but Jimmy was the one was like, no. I was like, fuck no. that. They can wait. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, Glenn Glenn and CKP17. Uh, you know what we did here? We had a good time tonight. Yes. Uh, and remember, we do love these shows, and it's all about good times and the laughs. Hell yeah. And we'd also like to personally thank our producers from Patreon, because without you, this couldn't be possible. And of course, we are talking about Ginny and Jim, because you guys... We're with us from the beginning. We appreciate mm. it. We love you guys. And without you, it wouldn't be possible, but we have a new producer. We do. Yes. Let's all welcome Brenda to the family. I don't know what we call all ourselves. Right. Yes. So we appreciate welcome. it, Brenda. Uh, you'll have to let us know, um, you know, what you get and like send a picture or whatever. We don't have to put it on the air. We don't have to post it, put it on the air, really. We don't have to post it on our Instagram or anything like that, but you know, we always like to see it. like to see how you guys look. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, it's homework assignment time. Yes. So, the first one is check out the website at averybradypodcast.com. Yes. Do a rate and review. Like CPK40. What, what is it? <laughs> I don't remember. Like CPK17 yeah. or something like that. Do a rate and review like they did. On Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, CastBox, or Audible. Mm-hmm. Tell two friends about the show. And if you don't have two friends to tell, then um, go next door and knock on their door and just kind of tell them, hey, you should check out a very pretty podcast. There you go. And if you don't like it, you know, tell your mother-in-law. Um, mm. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. That's right, Jimmy. Or they can join the Facebook group and join in on the, all the conversations and all the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. Yes. If you would like to be a producer, just like Brenda, if you're like, man, Brenda sounds, seems so cool. Mm-hmm. She's so awesome. She gets to call herself producer and stuff. Then um, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. That's right. And you can check out the Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Yes. You can follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Like, uh, I don't know what, what, what breakfast we had this morning. Hmm. No, that's Instagram. No, we don't do that. That's just, I'm just faking. <laughs> <laughs> but if we did, that's where it would be. 
That would. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go check out the Retro Network at yes. theretronetwork.com. Check out our shop with our affiliate link at www.averybradypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support mm-hmm. the show. Another way is to check out our Tee Public store for more merch. Link is in the description of this episode. Yes. But most importantly, go check out classic iconic television. And if you yes. don't know where to start, you may be asking yourself, well, I don't fucking know what to watch. There's so much out there. <laughs> there well, is. Jimmy here is going to tell you what you should watch next. On the next episode, we look at the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, shit. Look at our dick. Yeah. Season two, episode 20. It may look like a walnut. Like some of hmm. you might be going, yes. Rob enjoys a scary television sci-fi movie while Laura cowers in fear from it. But the next day, details of that movie where earthlings are being taken over appear to be coming true. What? They appear to be coming true. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my mic must have messed up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that sounds exciting. Um, I didn't really watch too much Dick Van Dyke show, but um, I used to watch it all the time. I've seen some episodes, like for sure. Um, I haven't seen this one, so it'll be fun. One thing that used to strike me when I was younger um, was my dad. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know why I said That's that. That's hilarious um, and sad at the same time. <laughs> um, but one thing that that, stru- that always struck me on the show when I was younger was the Dick Van Dyke show for being a black and white show is so clear. Like, if you look at the quality of the video, it's so good. So, well, you know why, right? Because mm, it was shot on imagine. film. Oh yeah, they yeah. You can upgrade yeah, but, film to like 4K and shit. You know, it's like yeah, but they weren't upgrading to 4K in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't shot. So in even the back 90s. then, it looked really good. Uh, What's that? It wasn't shot in the 90s. No, but you could watch it in the 90s. No, I don't know, but yeah, just film just looks great, and that's why a lot of TV mm. shows that were shot in the 90s, like say Friends, for example, were shot on film. That's What's why like Wizard of Oz. That's why you can look at it now on Netflix, and it's like widescreen, mm-hmm. and it looks like it was shot last week. Um, that's like Wizard of Oz. Next <clears throat> time you watch a little Wizard of Oz, look at how clear that is. Yeah, but unfortunately, some shows were shot on tape. Like, have you mm-hmm. watched Seinfeld? The shit looks like it was from the nineties because it no, was shot no, on tape. <laughs> so they can't do anything else with it. It's like, well, it's shot on tape. That's all we can do. Can't make yeah. it any better. Cool, yeah. cool. Hell yeah! Right, so unless you, oh, another cool thing about the Dick Van Dyke show is, did you watch? Um, um, if you ever watched WandaVision some of the episodes were were made they were designed after the Dick Van Dyke show oh, so the right. set looks like the Dick Van Dyke show the kitchen that whole one where he's making stuff float in the kitchen all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. was based off the Dick Van Dyke show and they did so, an old school style kind of, too with like on strings and stuff like that. just yeah. like they done like on old shows like that and uh, mm-hmm. they, they had the Brady Bunch house episode too yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. that one didn't really look like the Brady Bunch house but I could see that they it were trying it was loosely but, based off of it yeah, oh. but the Dick Van Dyke uh, one that looked a lot like it. Yeah. Did you know so. Dick Van Dyke? Um, he's like obsessed with like Halloween and shit. Like every year, he does like this big Halloween or uh, like a haunted house and shit every year. It's always it's kind of cool. You know, spoiler alert: he was on uh, The Mass Singer. Yeah, it's like fucking ninety six years old. He's on The Mass Singer. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and he's still he's like when they when they took the the mask off, like he's like literally dancing, like tap dancing and stuff, and mm-hmm. like 
I was waiting for him to jump on the click his heels. Man's 96 years old, <laughs> and he, he's got more energy than I do. It's amazing. It's like Shatner. Shatner's like 90s. He's, he's the new Betty White. I'm telling you, he's the new Betty White. We, we need to, he's like a national treasure. We need to like put that man <laughs> in the vault and not let him get hurt. So Same with Shatner too. Shatner's like 95 or something right now. He's still, he's still riding horses and shit. Like, damn. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Anyhow. So unless you have anything else? Uh, I do not. All right. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.